Welcome to the Change Plus Humans podcast, where we explore how change is not the hard part. I'm Leanne Gordon in Perth, Australia. And I am Jennifer Hunt in small town Utah. So Leanne, let's talk about change. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Jennifer. Are you ready to talk some change? Sure am. Fantastic. Last night, I was reading a book called Nuffle Bunny to my three-year-old for probably the one billionth time. And of course, I see these change opportunities in this book. So it's about a toddler named Trixie, and she goes to the laundromat with her dad. They're happily making their way home when the word is great. It says, Trixie realized something. So she'd left her Nuffle Bunny at the laundromat. And Leanne, we are both parents and we both know that if you have a child who is very attached to a stuffed animal, this is like red level threat to the ecosystem. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so Trixie though, she can't talk yet. So she just starts babbling and her dad says, yes, we are going home, which was not satisfying to her. And so she starts whining and yelling and waving her arms. And, and then her dad says, you know, don't get fussy. And the thing that really stuck out to me at this point was the author writes, Trixie had no other choice. Uh, and then she had this major atomic level meltdown. And that piece really got me thinking about how one of the main topics about change is resistance. And a lot of times we talk about people who are resisting, we call them resistors, and we make the assumption that they are resisting the change. They don't like it. They're closed-minded. But there's a lot of times where people are not resistant to the change. Resistance doesn't always mean that someone is unsupportive of the change. Sometimes it just means that they care really deeply about the change. In fact, sometimes they are so invested in the change and the outcome that might happen that they have strong opinions or they want to be part of it. They have a lot of ideas. And so these resistors are actually some of your biggest supporters it's a great point, Jen. And I think that line in the book that Trixie had no choice is often how people feel, that they have no choice but to speak up or try to speak up and tell people what it is they do feel about the change. And I think because we do start with that assumption that there are going to be people resisting the change. And in fact, the number of times I've heard people say, oh, well, everyone resists change, which I don't really buy into that everyone resists change. And I think this is a really good example of where you can see that it's not actually resisting. It's yeah. trying to communicate something that's important to them, but it's just not being heard. Sometimes it's just that I think this change is really important and I'm very concerned about the way it's getting rolled out. If you made these tweaks, we could have a lot of success. I think that happens a lot in organizations. Yeah, and it reminds me of a number of years ago in an organisation where we were rolling out an ERP system and that change had been driven from the finance team as often those ERPs are. And the, the payroll team were seen as the resistors. We spent a lot of time trying to, I guess, pacify the finance team that the payroll team needed to be brought along with the change. So we finally sat the teams down together to try and understand what it was that the payroll team were trying to communicate. And in fact, they were able to talk about why it wasn't suitable for them. So they really wanted a new system, it turned out. So the, the mm -hmm. finance team had been saying, you know, they're resisting, they don't want this, they're blocking all of our changes, they're making things difficult for us. 
And yet when we sat everybody down together, it was amazing that the payroll team said, we want this change because the system we're using at the moment doesn't suit our needs. However, this system is coming at it from a finance point of view and not taking into account our needs. So they felt they had no choice but to keep pushing back on some of those changes mm. so that they got the best result for them as well as the rest of the organisation that were going to use it. And I think it's a great example of where it's not always resisting for the sake of resisting the change. Yeah. So what did their resistance look like? It looked like, I was about to say, probably stock standard resistance. It came out in the negative language. We don't like this. No, we're not going to do this. No, that won't work. And I think that almost starts a downward spiral where people say, these people are resisting, they're negative, they're not for the change, they're against the change. It also came out in conflict situations between the accounting and finance teams and the payroll team, where it was almost a competitive thing of like whose thing is more important. And once we started to get people together to realise that the whole point of an ERP is to find an organisation-wide solution to work for everybody, you started to see that everybody was actually talking from the same song sheet of wanting the best for their own areas, but also the organisation. So just those stock standard things that people tend to bucket into this big bucket called resistance. Because it's one of the first things that we talk about when we start talking about any new change initiative. How are we going to combat the resistance to this change? Yeah, and something you said about in there that got me thinking was one team started to see the other team as they. It's almost like even though they both wanted the change, the perception of the resistance was setting up winners and losers. Yes. Which is not what you're going for in a change that is supposed to unite a company or unite a system. Um, Absolutely. And then it takes me back to that line in Nuffle Bunny, Trixie had no choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where you often see people's behaviours come from, that feeling that they are backed into a corner with no choice. Trixie had no choice but to have a meltdown, to try and make her dad see what he wasn't able to see and what she wasn't able to communicate because she didn't have the words for it. So she was backed into a corner to have a meltdown. That was, that was the only thing that she had available to her to be able to express the importance of what she was trying to say. And I think in organisations, you see similar, well, you see meltdowns (laughs) in those those versions as well. But you also see uh, more subtle versions of those meltdowns. Yeah, I think about Trixie and I think it's not that she didn't want to go home. It's that she wanted to get her Nuffle Bunny before she went home. Absolutely. That's very different than not wanting to go home at all. And look, these systems never work work perfectly for everybody. That's part of the challenge of them. There is a bit of acceptance that there's a bit of give and take. So that is a challenge. But once you got over the the assumption that people had made about each other of being, well, you're resisting this change. You don't want it. You're making life difficult for me. Once we got over that tension, it was much Mm -hmm. easier to move towards a solution that worked for everybody. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's something that, if I were to guess, happens a lot. There's a big takeaway that when we are embarking on a change, it would be worth our time to question our assumptions about the root of the resistance. 
not only does that get us where we want to go faster, but it also creates the really strong relationships along the way. You know, it's worth spending the extra effort to question your assumptions about why someone is resisting. And I think that we've built up almost a library of assumptions when it comes to change and resistance is probably possibly the first one in that book. If we can go in without that assumption that everybody's going to resist the change, then maybe we start to look at the people involved in the change from a different perspective and it makes it easier to enrol what we once might've seen as resistors, but we enrol all the people involved in the change because we understand that it's perhaps not coming from a place of resistance. It's coming from a place of wanting it to work. So we start to listen to their ideas a bit more, trust them with a bit more of the change and things run a little bit smoother. Well, thank you for sharing that, Leanne. This was a really fun conversation. Absolutely. We are so delighted you joined us for this episode of the Change Plus Humans podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and share with someone you think would enjoy it too. This is Jennifer Hunt and Leanne Gordon signing off, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.